0: Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here. Today joining me are Helena and Mika, who are the founders of Helsa Foods and the creator of the first 100% clean plant-based platform. Um, The first product on the market is the Helsa Organic Oatgurt, with more to be launched in the future. Um, HALSA has started a program to help struggling dairy farmers to have a future in plant-based food by teaching them how to grow organic oats in the Scandinavian way with zero water footprint. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. So give us a little bit of overview of your business.
1: Well, we've been on the market now for about a year and a half, a little under two years. Um, our first product line that we brought out is, and it wasn't, is the drinkable um, oat gourd. And uh-huh. also we have spoonable oat gourd on the market. So these are just your regular yogur- yogurts, um, except that they're obviously completely vegan, um, 100% clean, made out of whole grain oats. We do not fiddle with the oats at all. And we have a, um, IP portfolio that Helena and myself have created over the five years on R and D that we ended up spending. Um, and the, the yogurts are the first ones. There will be many, many more product lines coming Mm -hmm. out in the next 12 months.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Okay. But like the backup before that, you've been actually working with oats before this line, Correct.
2: Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, back in 2011, we imported the first oat milk to the United States, and uh, the maker of the oat milk was in Scandinavia. And uh, we rebranded it and uh, launched it in the United States, and received three major food awards for it. And uh, in about 18 months, the uh, oat milk that we were selling as simply Oat Shake was in 2,000 stores, so it was was quite successful. But then what happened is that the manufacturer sold the factory and we lost the business. Oh. Yes, so it was devastating at the moment. But what we had gained is knowledge of how to make oat milk. And uh, we looked at how the oat milk was made and... And thought that it was too chemical heavy and they had also added a lot of food additives uh-huh. and so we thought there's there's got to be a better way because oats are a really healthy grain
1: so uh-huh.
2: how do how to make oat milk or oat milk yogurt in a way that keeps all the beneficial nutrients intact so we went to work we um, worked with a few uh, scientists, oat scientists that have uh, studied oats for, for decades. We call them oat wizards. <laughs> and uh, we told them that, please help us. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a difficult task, but we have to find a way to do uh-huh. this in a natural way and uh, so that we make oat milks and oat milk yogurts and all kinds of oat beverages out of oats and keeping, keeping the nutrients intact. And so it took us, it was a difficult task. It took, took us four years in the lab back and forth, but we finally cracked the code and we able to do that. So, uh-huh. so, and then we came out with Helsa
0: oat yogurt. So what prompted you to want to import um, oat milk into the US?
2: Well, um, plant-based products were on the rise and also uh-huh. vegan uh, vegan veganism and eating eating the vegan way um and less animal products is on the rise and and still it's an exploding market more uh-huh. and more people are trying to at least substitute a few meals a week with vegan me- meals so it's a market that is growing and we knew that sooner or later oats would be discovered and uh, in the united states because they have a long tradition in scandinavia and
1: mm-hmm. they are
2: used in all kinds of products so we thought it would be only a matter of time when when the oat milk market would explode
0: in the u.s mm-hmm. so you are beating them to market and uh, making it happen yep so what has been the hardest part about starting this business? I mean, you talked about the four years of R&D. Were there ever times during that you're like, oh my gosh, this is too much?
1: Yeah, like every other day. <laughs> okay. You know, so like, like I've said before that, call me at Friday about 5.30 and I'll sell you the company for $20, you know? But yeah. don't, don't wait until Monday because I'm, I'm, I'm up and roaring again. Um, I think that the, the, the hardest part was by far getting the funding to this. So we were completely self-funded. And when Helena said that we were in R&D for four years, we were in R&D full-blown for four years. It was not like we were cooking in the kitchen every now and then. Yeah. Day jobs. This was a really, really all we did. Um, And finding funding was really, really challenging. Um, The problem with with the um, traditional funding out there, um, your VCs and, and investors uh-huh. in general, is that they uh, don't tend to see new things uh-huh. clearly. Um, it's a lot, I mean, I've said this before and I stand by this, that it's a lot easier to find a massive amount of money for a MeToo product than it is uh-huh. to find a little bit of money for, for an innovation. Mm. And, and um, So while we were in r and D, I I got turned down by every single investor that's probably is out there. I I thought so. Um, and, and, you know, to the extent that four years ago they were laughing at me, like no one's going to drink oat milk. What are you talking about? Dude, you're insane. Yeah. Um, and, and has that changed a bit? Yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, like the specialty milk, I guess, market, I don't know, or the plant-based milk market it also has just exploded so much that I'm probably in like whole foods is more space than regular milk
1: yeah well, regular milk is 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 really losing its footing um mm-hmm. it, well it's been losing its footing for a long long time but but in the past 5 years it has it definitely it has you know um expedited the uh the the corrosion of the uh regular milk market and and at the and it's it's it feels like there are some stores like your whole foods or specialty natural food stores where where you see more plant-based options that so you get the feeling that it's in, kind of in the tailspin Mm-hmm. Which it isn't, but they are. It's really corroding fast the market, unfortunately, for the for the farmers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things you mentioned out there too is just the amount of water that the oat milk uses compared to let's say one of the other really common ones, which is almonds. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, um, it's really important to also for consumers not only to eat plant based, but our mission that it's also important to look at the water and carbon footprint Mm -hmm. of growing the ingredients. And if we compare with almond milk, for example, almond orchards in California uh, use 10% of California's fresh water. And not only that, but um, they use so much pesticides and herbicides that they kill about 50 million bees every year. Mm. So uh, when we think about, what kind of products are we making big hits mm-hmm. what kind of products are consumers buying uh, do we really want to be buying something that's not sustainable
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so talk to us about the the oats and where they so so till now you've been sourcing them from scandinavia but your goal has been to now start sourcing them on the u.s side
1: yeah we are we are part of a co-op in Scandinavia, and we bring our oats in from there right now. And the reason for that being that after um, like I, you know like Helena mentioned that we were in an oat milk business already ten years ago. so so our knowledge of oats and the quality and what type of oats work for us is 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 pretty vast. Mm-hmm. And we could not find organic oats at the quality that had the flavor profile. Had the protein had the the fiber profile that that we require for our product in U.S. No, in Canada, mm-hmm. and and hence we were kind of forced to bring in our oats at the beginning, and and but it was very very much in a cornerstone of the uh, of the of the three legs of the company, if you wish, you know we we we, we see ourselves as a very much of an IP IP company, uh, mm-hmm. very very strong IP. Uh, we have a couple of patents on the product on the on the yogurt itself. We have one patent on the. Uh, on the oats and one pattern on the process. Um, then our, our second piece is, you know, it's sustainability on, of this, this whole thing. So we, that was, that was clear from the get go that we will source eventually we'll find the farms and we will start growing our own crop here as soon as we possibly can. And you know, it's, it's the year two and we already Mm -hmm. on, on our first test farm and, and it's very, very, it looks, looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've mm-hmm. done and, and we're going to have a hell of a harvest. That's amazing. So
0: let's talk about the, your mentors along the way. Cause obviously you said, you talked about the oat wizards. Um, who else kind of like helped you walk through this whole journey?
2: Um, there's been so many along the way, you know, because at different stages of life, you need different kinds of advice. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so uh, coaches, uh, I mean, teachers, professors uh, people that sort of guided us uh, to the right direction there's been too many to mention at least at least for me
1: oh it's a, it's the same here i mean there there are peers obviously people mm-hmm. you, you you hang with um, it's 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 like, like helena said you know I, I, I could name a dozen and it would be you know great disservice to the, the next dozen that that Mm -hmm. i cannot remember right now i think that you know your mentor mentors are people who who come and go as well you know Mm -hmm. It, it can be you know for for some people it's the minister for for a time of need or or something like that and at that point that's that's a that's a that's a big piece of your your growing to be whoever you are and and mentoring is a uh it's it's very close to our hearts we try to do it as well ourselves as much as we can but sometimes you're a mentor for a day and sometimes you're a mentor for 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 a lifetime mm-hmm. we, we certainly have many
0: so would you say that there are some along the way that i mean you talked about the investors laughing at you but some of your mentors that you kind of had to distance yourself from because they didn't see that you could go where you wanted to
1: go with this <laughs> a loaded one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me put it this way. Um, it's, it's probably easier to, it's like in every stage in your life that, and, and every, every, every stage of a business that you have also people who come and, and go, you know, mm-hmm. not, not everybody's going to stick. Um, but have we had like massive fights and no, nothing like that. But I mean, it's the usual day to day grind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember when we were getting started with our company. I had a mentor who actually was pretty close and we did a weekly call that sort of thing. And he basically said, Well, if you're going into that business, you either have to be number one, or you have to be, you know, very, very specialized, and he didn't think we would make it. Um, and so I was like, thank you very much. But I think this is the direction we're going. And uh, I think we made it
1: (laughs) so no no you 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 certainly did no no i I think that i think that i I agree with you and helena might have a different take on this but but i agree with you that that sometimes um and these are these are people who are well meaning absolutely this guy was as
0: sharp as sharp could come i mean he was an incredible guy in the industry
1: and it's difficult and, and you know this from your from your own experience then it's it's very difficult and that that because it, may, it, it puts a stop on you for a little while going like, hang on, I actually have to stop listening to you right now. Uh-huh. And that's a very tricky thing to do.
2: But it's also about at what point is the advice given to you when you're, you are at your weakest. Let's uh-huh. say you are pushed in the corner of, you know, I need to make a living, I need to do this and that for family, and you're under a lot of pressure. Then you tend to listen uh, mm. to outsiders a lot more and their opinion weighs a lot more. But when you're in a good place and you feel good about that, you have the right direction. Then, you know, Mika and I look at, look at uh, each other when we hear advice and we just go, nah, you know, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. going to go with that, that, you know, we have our own way and we've uh, we've immigrated to the United States 25 years ago. And we came with uh, six suitcases and, and uh, not knowing a single soul, and uh, we have a son, We had a son and a dog, and uh, we we uh, wanted to make it in the most competitive uh, uh, cities in the world, in, in Los Angeles, and uh, and we did it. And so after after you do something like that, it's like, okay, we're we are we we were meant to go our own way. So how much do I listen to somebody else's opinion at this stage?
0: Mm-hmm. 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 man that's good let's talk a little bit more about the product oat girt. i mean who would have thought that something like that would have come to the market um was your product the first oat girt on the market or is there other people that doing that sort of thing
2: yes our product was the first oat girt on the market and uh uh like i said before it was just not another uh oat milk yogurt but mm-hmm. also the milk itself we've uh Created a way to make to make the process of making oat milk completely chemical free. Because if you think, if you think about you have a, something solid like oats, mm-hmm. and you have to make them to liquid. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? And the way most oat milk makers do it, they use chemicals, they use enzymes the, mm-hmm. to sort of melt it down to sugary syrup. But at the same time, all the good things about oats also get changed uh, so that, uh, for example, oats are known for being heart healthy because they help lower cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Well, if you treat uh, oats with enzymes, that function disappears. They no longer have that uh, power to to help, your, uh, lo- help you lower your cholesterol. So, so these, these chemicals and enzymes that they are using do a lot of bad things to, to oats as well. And uh, that's why we wanted to make a completely natural product that is just like, basically, uh, eat, you get the same benefit as from eating oatmeal. It's just mm-hmm. in a uh, smooth uh, form. Mm-hmm. and a drinkable uh, or uh, edible oat yogurt form.
0: All right, so talk to us a little bit about the process. The oats come in, then you start working them through. How long from let's say oat to oatgurt is it?
1: One leg of the other uh, third leg of the uh, on, on on the IP side of 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 our business is that this has to be scalable from the manufacturing point of view um when we brought the 10 years ago 11 years ago when we brought the first oat milk on the US market which is the same product practically and, and all these oat milks are out there right now that mm-hmm. is a very capex heavy business to be at um you need to build pretty extensive um manufacturing facility um there's a lot of retooling um a lot of bats a lot of lot of a lot of enzymes used a lot a lot, lot, lot of different processes used and and we saw that as a, uh, such a hinder for this mm-hmm. whole thing. So we practically make the yogurt, the oatgurt, at, at the dairy plant exactly the same way as you would make any, any yogurt, you know? Wow. It, we, use, we use, you know, time, temperature, and bacteria. We ferment them exactly like you would do with, do with mm-hmm. milk. That, that, in, that, that ensures us that we don't have to use stabilizers and, and oils to make the mouth feel together. Um, but you know, so that's, that's the regular process, whatever, you know, and however long it takes in any given company to make their yogurt, it's, it's, it's no different to us in that end. Um, but when we go from the field, um, to the, to the, to the plant actually to, to make the yogurt, you know, it's, it's the same process. We, we harvest and, and we go to the mill and do our little thing and then we're ready to go. So this, this is really, really really streamlined. And that was a very extensive piece of the uh, the R&D. So the R&D was not only about like what bacteria works with our mm-hmm. process and how do we make this fermented product to taste like what it is and how do we get the flavor profile? Um, and is it stable? Does it hold? You know, is it going to get go bad in 10 days? So does it hold for 50 days like ours does? You know, so, so mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a really big piece of it. But the other piece was really like, what do we do from farm on? Uh-huh. Like like what what do we do actually from the soil on? How do we prep the soil and how do we how do we go from there? Which seed do we use? Which variety do we use? And and how do we treat the uh treat the oats right after harvesting, which is a very crucial part. Um and, and usually tends to tends to spoil uh-huh. um the the oats.
0: Cause you were mentioning that, you know, one of the things they do in industry oats is they use roundup to dry them down quick. And yeah. because you're certified organic, you obviously are, well, and just because
1: it's not a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, well, plus, <laughs> yeah. Plus we would, we would never do it to beginning with period. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really wicked thing that, that that is done which is that you know monsanto now buyer but monsanto in the eternal wisdom um figured out that hang on there is no genetically modified there's no gmo version of of oats it doesn't exist so how do we how can we sell more of roundup and and they're like well hey hang on if you're a farmer and you have a field and your part of your field, you're, you know, part of the field is a little bit of in a shady area and it might be a little hilly. It doesn't grow even like, you know, really well huh. yourself as well, that stuff doesn't grow even uh-huh. always, right? Yeah. And you go like, well, you know, you can accept a little bit of a yield loss here if you look like ultimate time that looks like the most of the field is done, is, is ready to be harvested right now. And then you spray the crap out of it
0: uh-huh. with,
1: with glyphosate and you, you essentially you kill it. Yeah. So you prevent the moisture to be collected anymore into it.
2: Yeah, because uh, this is an important part as well, why small farms in particular are ideal for growing oats is that oats need to be dried immediately after harvesting um, so that you don't need to use any, you don't need to spray them with glyphosate or anything else. And when you have these huge industrial farms in Canada and the United States, uh, simply to get the oats harvested and to transport them to a drying silo may take days. Mm-hmm. But in a small farm where you're close to the drying uh, right away, so, so it just takes you a few hours to dry them immediately. And that's how you get premium quality oats.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. oats, as you know, oats have, have fat in them and, and there's al- always, always moisture in the field. So when you, when you combine Moisture and, and fat, you know, they, they start going rancid, uh-huh. um, really done fast. And that's the, that, that's, the, that's the key here. And this is one of the reasons why Scandinavia has been such a perfect spot for us, because <laughs> all, the, all, the, um, all the farms are, they are literally small family farms. They, you know, the, the large industrial scale farming doesn't exist. Um, uh-huh. So everybody has a small farm and these guys are stubborn as hell. So they all have their own harvesting machines and they all have their own drying silos,
0: uh-huh.
1: so, which is, you know, not always probably from the economics point of view, probably not the brightest thing to do because you can yeah. share with your, well, why would you share? Because you can have your own, <laughs> so, but, it, but it, but it works out really well for us because the, the oats are unbelievable quality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now when you got into this, when you started your R&D, did you start at the R&D that you're going to oat girt or are you just going for the R&D just for the milk and then the oat girt just came to you?
2: No, everything starts from the milk, whatever we wanted to make. You know, we can make chocolate milk or yogurts or anything sort of the the same way as dairy. Everything starts yeah, yeah. with the milk or, or with the cream. Uh, so, so that was... Uh, that was sort of the basic platform. We knew that after we crack the code, we can make just about anything, uh, with the same
0: platform. Mm-hmm. So like uh, an oat uh, ice cream might be coming.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's, oh, that's a gosh. possibility. And, uh, and all kinds of creams, uh, and, uh,
1: Spritz spreads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Anything, anything that you can think of that you make of milk. Can yeah. also be made from oat milk.
1: Yeah, the oat, the, the ice cream we have. Okay, okay. It's not on the market yet, but we definitely have it.
0: I'm obsessed with ice cream, so I will have to find my way into your freezer somehow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so let's talk. One thing you were mentioning is that you you work with a co-packer to do the the production, and you're actually on the floor when it happens.
1: Yes, very much. I yeah. I, um, I I run the production. I am the floor manager for the for the time of the production. So, um, and we actually just onboarded a brand new brand new um, copacker doing this COVID virus, which is you know, uh-huh. it was a uh, yeah, put some hair on my chest, that's for sure. Um, so it's a uh, yep. So even so, with the uh, with the new copacker, I think it's actually pretty pretty fast and easy easy story to tell um i also built the uh the sop the standard operating procedures for that meaning that how do you handle everything from the loading dock you know mm-hmm. receiving to the to this to the end where you actually um load load up the truck and it goes out so everything between there is designed by us but the actual production yeah mixing the ingredients um you know uh supervising it making sure that it's cut proper making sure that it's 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 uh It's blended proper that we have the right amount of juice, fruit, berries, whatever we're using. Yeah, I I run the production. Wow.
0: Wow. And I saw that you had an article. I forget. It actually got synthesized pretty or syndicated, I think is the right word, pretty well across the internet about you've been like flying how many times in the last since January?
1: Oh, 33 times. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a road for 160 nights this year. Wow. During the COVID. I've been home for nine, nine nights. That was around the 4th of July. Wow. That is self, amazing. Self-guaranteed self guaranteed on, the, on the other side of the house. I mean, Helena and I, you know, we, we yeah. see each other, but, you know, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 30 feet apart.
0: <laughs> wow. That's amazing. With that, I'd like to stop here and take a quick break. In a minute, we'll be back with Helena and Mika from the Oat Manufacturing. If you've been enjoying this episode so far, you're going to want to head over to growingfarmers.com backslash free resources and download our free resource bundle to help you shave hours off your week and become a thriving farmer. It includes resources such as our 10 winter growing secrets we wish we knew when we started, which is a ebook which talks about the tips and techniques to get better growth in your winter production we teach things like the simple but counterintuitive principle that trips up most beginning growers the shape and size of tunnels that are best for winter production, how to prepare beds so they are weed-free and get beautiful, lush stands of crops, what to do about pests like aphids, voles, and slugs, how to fast-track your research to fine-tune your production for your microclimate, and how to pack in more crops for higher yields and profits. So head over to growingfarmers.com backslash free resources and download your free resource bundle today. All right, Thriving Farmers. So we are back with Helena and Mika from um, Halsa. I guess I, Did I pronounce that correct this time? Yeah, Helsa, uh, Helsa. It's sweet, it That's Swedish for health. Okay, yes. Good that you brought that up. Um, and I'm sure you picked that specifically for that. You were like, you know, this is something that we want to put our name on with this.
2: Yeah, we wanted to come up with a completely different product that doesn't mimic anything that's out there. And, uh, And the whole uh, thinking behind Helsa is uh, that we make products that are good for people and good for the planet.
0: Uh So how is your product different than other plant-based products on the market?
2: Well, there's two uh, significant differences is that because we don't have a chemical process, we have a natural process and we don't add any uh, food additives or chemicals to the product. These days, uh, in particular, with with COVID, uh, people are talking about immunity and how important it is to uh, boost your immunity so that you you stay healthy. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: uh, uh, 80% of our immunity forms in our digestive system. So it's important to get those probiotics. And... uh, if you enjoy, if you uh, enjoy probiotics in form of a supplement, for example, or or uh, or uh, any drink, or usually probiotics get destroyed by stomach acid but if you, if you enjoy your probiotics in a form of a helsa yogurt for example that's made from whole grain oats these whole grain oats neutralize the stomach so that the stomach acid doesn't kill the probiotics but your body can fully benefit of all the pro- probiotics in the product and secondly artificial ingredients and chemicals also kill Good bacteria in the gut. So the more uh, chemicals the product contains, uh, the less body can uh, use the probiotics. So those two things are different with our product. And that's why natural clean products are always best way to get your probiotics.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So talk to us a little bit about the business setup. Um, you know, I know in like the R and D stage when you're doing a lot of the startup, um, kind of roles tend to mix a lot, but have you now kind of like settled into like one person is more responsible for one aspect of the business?
1: Yeah, definitely. We are, we are now on a stage of being a young company. Um, uh-huh. and then the roles get into roles, get to be divided a bit, bit, bit more clearly. And they, they 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 find their way as well, when you've been doing it for so long, so basically I'm I'm in charge of the operations. I'm the I'm, I'm the acting CEO. Um, like I said, I, I run mm-hmm. the production side of things, but I also do do the sales um, and really lead the sales force and, and and do that side. Helena then is in charge of the basically on the R&D side of of well the whole product is Helena's idea um, mm-hmm. and it's Helena's Helena's product. Helena also is in charge of the. Uh, on, on, on what flavors and how and the texture and how they actually do come out. And then obviously, um, really big piece of Helena's doings is that Helsa is, uh, is Helena's, Helena's child in a sense that everything that you see, um, being the packaging of the website, um, every, every scrap that's been written um, is, is all Helena. Helena designs everything, mm. um, branding, the whole marketing plan, everything, is, it's, it's all Helena. Um,
0: because I wanted to stop on that for a moment because yep. I, I actually had a couple of questions later on about that, but I, I went through detail through your website through a lot of the stuff and just the, the messaging, the clarity, the colors, very nice, very nice. I got to say that that came out it comes out Thank beautifully. You. Yeah. Even the ad. So you guys have like a, a music video ad that was done incredibly well.
2: Yeah, that's uh, we have a background in global branding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, We start from ad agencies, background, both of us. And then uh, we had a production company in L.A. for 10 years. And during that, uh, Mika did all the photography and cinematography. And he still does uh, most of the stuff. Of course, these days, a lot of other people and teams do our (laughs) social media. but, But that particular music video that was actually filmed... At the home of Helsa, which is the Scandinavian archipelago, that was done done uh, all by Mika.
0: Wow! Incredible.
1: Yeah, that's the actually. It's the it's the island where we met in 1992, and uh, when we were both both like 12 years old. But that's uh, incredible. <laughs> no, we, we, we met on the island. Helena was a creative, creative director at Mack and And I was a young and up and coming photographer. And, and she hired me for a job. And I went out there and we were using Helena's sisters and Helena's family house as one of the locations. So I'm actually in a really funky spot that I've known Helena's family as long as I almost known Helena. I mean, it's just within oh, two wow. days difference yeah and um uh, we went and we filmed at the at the archipelagos the same place you see all these establishing shots when all these girls are running the boats you know mm-hmm. all, all this that's all family i mean the lighthouse is helena's sister's lighthouse
0: oh my gosh
1: and and, and, and yeah it's a it's an operating hotel and a destination where you know hundreds of people pack in there every day to to visit and um um and, you know, so we spent, we spent quite a few days at the archipelagos in Finland and uh, fell in love. I, I messed up the job, by the way. I mean, she lost a client, but, uh, <laughs> but I gained a wife. So it went really well.
0: I think that's a worthy trade. <laughs> oh,
1: totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one challenge that many businesses face is finding, hiring, and keeping great teams. Talk to us about as you've started to build out the company, how have you focused on finding the good people?
1: it is so hard yes and mm-hmm. i i'm not going to sugarcoat it at all there i don't think there's a way to do it you you will i mean we definitely have done um made out of mistakes um we have people that that you know we've had you know the same pr person and same people that that work for us uh, we've had some of them for 15 years mm-hmm. and then some we hire and 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 we just have to have to cut the cord after two months because it's just not working I think that the, the, and it's, it's even got harder now with the, uh, with the COVID year that we, um, the COVID has changed this, this thing so much, the business, like every business, but food business, especially that we had, has changed just significantly. And I don't think it's going to come back the way, the way it was. And all of a sudden, and now we're talking about within a few months, I mean, this is five months. And and all of a sudden, we I'm dealing with people whose skill sets I don't think they're going to be compatible. Mm-hmm. It is just, it is completely changed. One thing for sure is that you know I, I think that that you need to you need to have a really hard skill of you know a set of skills that you can actually you can actually also do a lot of things and not 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 only pick up the phone and call. I mean, there's nothing wrong about we all going to need salespeople and all that, but at the same time. I think that it's, it, it got even harder to, to hire the, the proper people. So, so I don't, I, I think that at least maybe this is my self-preservation mode that I'm on sometimes, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to also, I think that we, we kind of need to give a little mercy to ourselves as well in the sense that you will hire people that are not suitable and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But it feels mm-hmm. terrible. And mm-hmm. then but when you find somebody that you, you, you'll figure it out in a few months because you don't know until you start working them truly are they are they suitable or not? And mm-hmm. within a few months you'll find that out and then you know they, they call them <laughs> don't, don't let yeah. them know. But I don't I don't have a I don't have an advice because we've hired people with massively perfect C V and, and and unbelievable, you know, interviews and and, and talking with their, their previous bosses and, and peers and customers and you know, just absolutely glowing recommendations. It's just, and at the end, it just doesn't work out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a golden rule how to do it other than just go by your gut. Cause it's the funny thing. I think at the end you go like, dang it. I kind of knew it already. Then I just, mm-hmm. you know, did I got lazy. Was I too busy? Was I too tired? Was I was just hoping, you know, hope's not a plan as we all know. Yeah. You no. Know, so, so, I think you just need to be super honest about it, and then just understand to cut the cord super fast if that's the case, and then kind of you know be merciful to yourself. The problem is that when you're a small company, it's not a big organization. Is that when you lose somebody, you, you know, it, it's, you have to take it over for a little while before you find a replacement. It's, it can mm-hmm. be very disruptive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the and
2: the problem with us, with a small uh, startup like ours, is that uh, a lot of people are used to work in big bigger organizations and people under under them and over them and uh Mm -hmm. with uh with the company like ours you need to be a self-starter and uh those um those who who can do that are few and far between well they usually have their
1: own companies
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yes absolutely yeah and they and they're usually very independent and they see things differently
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So finding yep. that that balance of I'm a self-starter and I can go crush it, but also willing to work for someone else is very difficult.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> <You> almost <laughs> but, describes us right there.
0: <laughs> but I, I think what you said right there is very important, is you just have to give yourself permission to know that you're not going to hire the right person all the time.
2: And also uh, – these days, uh, there there are companies that outsource a lot of the function that you need to do that you traditionally had to hire people for. You have a sales function. You have four uh, small sales teams that do all the sales for you, and and uh, not only, of course, accounting and stuff like this you can outsource. But but um, so the question becomes: How many employees do you actually need, as opposed to? Uh, uh-huh
0: outsourcing something
1: yeah that 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 has definitely changed in the past year or two and i think it's going to change even more
0: yeah in our company we outsource an incredible amount i mean like our our actual on payroll for our company is actually just myself and my wife yeah and everyone else is a private contractor and they're all you know that's how they were hired um but it's allowed us to do a lot more and just be incredibly agile
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. You know, keep your keep, keep your overhead low. It, it's unfortunate how many times a a, well, especially startups, um, they they fold in a year or two because mm-hmm. they just run out of money. They had a too big of an, you know. It's it's kind of the year two, two and a half. A lot of times, in a lot of companies, is the time when they actually do know who they are and what they do. They might have already pivot mm-hmm. from the product they started first with. And, and but they, then they just run out of money because they have this massive overhead, way too many people, way too fancy offices, way too, way too much money spent. Uh-huh. So so like you just you know, like you just said, you know, be nimble and, and, and be lean, you know. Uh-huh.
2: But sometimes it's also the investors who require that because they are used to see that what you do with your money, you make your company grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's the traditional way to grow that you get more people more employees do different tasks but these days um i think there's a way to grow without growing uh, without taking a lot of new employees
0: mm-hmm. 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 let's talk a little bit about your marketing cause you talk about growing and marketing is part of growing where do you focus on selling
1: we have been and still are very much focused on the east coast uh Mm -hmm. from boston to philly basically is the is is the slip of land that we had um obviously COVID put a hell of a wrench to our plans and and everything that we did we we, it's been it's been very challenging for Mm -hmm. us and and we're not the only one on that i'm not you know there's there's no violence needed here i I know it's it's the -hmm. same thing for for a lot of a lot of young companies um, we were going into West Coast, um, planning to launch there in April. Obviously, COVID put that in halt. Um, we do have a plan there as well now that I think we we might execute this fall, if not early early next year. But it's very much of East Coast. We do we do very well in Manhattan, uh, mm-hmm. in the city, and then you know there's a uh, several several hundred smaller smaller stores around it. Um, we unfortunately we had a very thriving business. We were in all the airports in New York. Um, mm. which nobody is at any of the airports. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so that also kind of went away overnight for our drinkable wow. yogurt. Um, yeah, there were a lot of, lot of resettings. We're in a very, very um, fortunate position because um, we did follow one of the golden rules that we've been pounding to our own heads all our whole life. Go for funding round. Go for money when you don't need it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mean that go and just raise money for the for the hell of it. No, it just it takes forever. Even when you are on a market and you have great backers and, and everybody in, it's, it still takes forever to actually close a funding round. Uh-huh. And we closed a good size of funding round right before Christmas, literally day before Christmas in December. Oh and wow. aren't, we, aren't we happy about that? Because we can coast over this. Uh-huh. Um, um, coast is the wrong word. We we can we can we can somehow grind it and suffer over this <laughs> this thing like everybody does because this is this is this is not a coasting yeah show at all. But but I think they are I, I think that we we we're gonna do fine. We just you know you have one has, has to be really mindful how one spends money right now. Because uh-huh. there's so there's so many things you would like to do but you can't do. You know, you can't demo at the stores and so Yeah.
0: Forth. Yeah. And that seems to be like right now, especially in the food industry where a lot of the first tastes happen. And a lot of people, because uh, people don't just go out and say, I want a new milk or I want a new oat They, they usually buy what they've been buying.
1: Yeah. Oh, the, the, definitely. It's the, uh, I think the other, the, the wisdom that we use is this: the last 18, 18 inches is the yes. last one that matters. It's, it's from the, from the cup to spoon and the spoon to mouth. That's the 18 inches that matters the most at the yeah. end. And how do you do that right now? That's a very much of a challenge for all of us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you you drive trial when it is so difficult to to do that when it's so difficult to gain new distribution or it's so difficult to gain new stores Mm -hmm. the big big ones are blocking it so efficiently right now they're having a field trip what we've done right now. now the economy was handed to the big business completely and 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 the 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 small companies like us are are very very much struggling just just to get back to the shelf and or or gaining new 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 mm-hmm. shelf space because, you know, the stuff that's out there sells. Why mm-hmm. would anybody take a risk with anything new?
0: Well, it's like we used to. It was our weekly tradition. We went to church. We went to um, Costco. And then we went to Chipotle, and that was our Sunday morning routine for I'd say years. But with COVID. We don't go to church anymore. We do that online. We don't go to Costco because you have to mask up, and the family doesn't want to mask up. We just stay at home, um, and we just we just don't go anywhere. And so, how we now shop is through my wife just does ClickList, yeah. Um, and our local farmers. Obviously, we have our local farmers that we use for all our lo- the stuff we can get locally. But yeah, I mean, like we're not trying new things right now.
1: Yeah, yep. no one's going to be trying new things this year. That's that's the tough piece of this. Yeah. But inheritedly American thing to do is always to find new things and you wanna do new things and you wanna and, and you want to customize and you wanna do your own blend. So what's gonna happen is that we'll get over this crap, what's going mm-hmm. on right now, and then people will wanna do new things next spring. We'll mm-hmm. just have to get there.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing is like, yeah, it's interesting just to think through, like, if you're trying to get this new product out there, how could you do that right now? And I mean, it's, it's very, it's, you have to kind of almost work with influencers. And then it's almost like, how do you send samples? Because obviously, you are selling a refrigerated product as well. So sending samples would be incredibly expensive. So yeah, it's one of those things where I think you say you just kind of have to grind through. And then hopefully when stuff opens back up, you can get back in.
1: Yep. That's, that's how we see
0: it. All right, so talk to us about the opportunity for farmers because you're looking to bring the production into the US. Um, talk to us about the growing process.
2: Well, um, this whole idea, our first pilot farm started with uh, our need to bring, uh, bring uh, uh, our source closer to us. Because like we said, we, we are importing from Scandinavia and uh, being a company that that thinks about the environment, we were thinking about, you know, the fossil fuels we are burning when we um, bring oats from Scandinavia, and uh, would there not be a possibility to grow oats right here in the United States? Uh-huh. And also, if you think about situations like COVID, at first all the ports were closed, so uh-huh. many uh, startups that that are that depend on on imported ingredients, uh, they couldn 't make their products because the ports were closed and no, in, no, in, no new, new ingredients were imported could be imported. So with the supply chain in mind it 's also smart to have a domestic supply chain that you can you can grow domestically and at the same time, we were looking at what 's happening on the dairy side. Uh-huh. You know, the milk consumption has been going down for decades and that continues. So why not uh, join forces with uh, organic milk producers because they are growing uh, their feed
0: uh-huh. on,
2: on, the, on the farm anyway. They grow alfalfa, they grow oats that go for, for feed. So uh, in that way, if we found organic uh, dairy farmers that had land and were able to grow oats for us, that could be a good start uh, for having the same kind of co-op as we have in Scandinavia. We have about 50 contract farmers that farm for us. Uh-huh. And so, so then uh, we contacted, uh, we put the word out there that we're looking for farmers and we found a few and, uh, and found our first pilot farm, um, a couple in uh upstate New York who shared our values and shared our vision and they also uh, understood that yeah well organic oat milk is o- organic milk is selling well right now but what is the future uh-huh. because they wanted to leave the farm they want to leave the farm to their kids in the future so they were they were thinking ahead and then they said hmm yeah this is something that we could, uh, try and so so we put our forces together and started the first oat Helsa organic oat farm in upstate New York.
0: Uh-huh. So how are the Scandinavian style organic oat varieties different than US varieties?
2: They have more beta glucan which is the heart healthy component of oats. They contain more of the beta glucan and they also contain more protein. And okay. the taste profile is also different. And, uh, like I said, they they are grown in small farms that are where the oats can be dried immediately, which results in very premium quality oats. So you can taste the difference, but there's also difference in nutrition. And that's something that we couldn't find in the United States. But, but then now we are testing two different varieties on our pilot farm and, uh, and are doing it with the help of, uh scientists and, the, and organic oat farmers in Scandinavia who are sort of overseeing the uh, the project and also giving us pointers of what to do at different stages
1: uh-huh. yeah, let me, let me let me piggyback on that a little bit the, um, <clears throat> the whole the whole farm project is that we are we're building a five to seven year plan um, this is part of our IP this is part of who, what we do and this is part of how we we will work together then in the future with the uh, with the coming and more and more farmers who will start growing oats for us. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a in a sense there's a health book, Helsa guide, how to grow oats for Helsa, what to do at any given stage. So it's a very much of the same thing that's what we do with everything else. That that, that we have a very strong science and background on everything that we do. Um, and so so this has been this has been. This has been a dream, a long, long, long time dream, coming to, to to be able to start growing the oats. And when we finally found the uh, the farm, you know, they are a unbelievably well-run, two hundred and fifty head organic dairy mm-hmm. farm right now. So, and they had it's just a beautiful slab of land that that used to be. It's a riverbed land, so it's it's perfect land. Um, the soil studies were done and and we didn't have to didn't have to tweak much to get the soil going and and it's 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 been a dream but it took a long time we we did interview quite a few farmers and so we did visit quite a few farms before we find the right one um mm. you, you you need to pick pick your 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 partners as well that you know like helena said that you you need to share the same vision which is the uh the soil health. Um, mm-hmm. We, we want to make the soil better. We want to make the whole, whole planet better on the, on the scale that we can do it. Um, so it it, can, it cannot, it cannot only be business driven decision. However, it has to be also sustainable from business wise, but it cannot only be that, you know, let's just grow something and slap it in a can and then sell it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the soil, are there any specific soil characteristics that oats want, or they're just more of a, a generally well-balanced soil?
2: yeah it's uh oats are actually a very resilient grain they grow Mm -hmm. about just in any climate and uh and uh with zero water footprint and in areas well nordic countries in in europe uh, they never have used even a drop of irrigation because rain is enough uh, to re- irrigate the soil. And, well, we do, the, we do the regular soil test before to test magnesium, zinc, and nitrogen, and pH. Uh-huh. And But um, other than that, uh, oats actually reduce the need for herbicides. And they are often called the natural herbicide and used as a starter crop to, is uh-huh. they prevent weeds from
0: growing. Yeah so are there any specialized equipment they'll need i'm assuming they need to prep the soil need to seed the oats you know need a a combine for harvesting and then dry other than that
1: no that's it you really don't need more than that yeah that's it you know if you need to do tilling then you till and and but other than that it's it's really what you just described it's in that sense it's simple um Mm -hmm. and and then like always it it isn't. I mean, I, am just going to tell you this, the one, one of the farmers that, that grows for us in Scandinavia, he has a sizable, well, for, for, for Scandinavian, he has a sizable farm. He he has about, um, I think he has 300 acres, Mm -hmm. um, in, in, which is, which is a decent size of farm over there. And on that 300 acres, he, he seeds four different varieties of oats. Wow. Um, because he knows what does better on what field. So you can go into very much into, you know, technical side of this as well. You know, the, the, the best farmers really know how to get the most out of their their land. Mm-hmm. Um, and you usually do your five-year plan because you need to also consider like, when, when are you going to start rotating the crop? Because, you know, after all, we're organic, so we don't, we do not use mm-hmm. uh, pesticides and herbicides in, and and. and Eventually, there there will be this, you know, the pressure is building that eventually there will be something else growing on a field that is not going to be clean anymore. So at that point, you have to, you have to rotate it for a year or two.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things you talk about is that potential. So I know you like right now, the dairy market for organic is doing good. It's not great. So they're switching to this. Is it just an added income stream, or talk to us through that that process? Yeah, no,
1: it's it's the, the thank you, thank you for bringing that up. The, this definitely isn't that we are we are not switching. We would um, the Eric and Jamie who run the farm. I I would never recommend them to get rid of their cow 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 business because it is so it, they run it so well and it's 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 brilliant. And, yeah. I, and I don't, you know. I, I don't drink any milk. I don't. I don't do any dairy product, and I still think it's a beautiful <laughs> farm. But, yeah. But uh, but this this very this is very much of that. It's diversifying your business model, mm-hmm. um, especially what comes to comes to farmers who grow livestock. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the farmers who do who are on the side of livestock do not know how to grow crop, <laughs> it, and it goes vice versa. But but most of the time, like in this case, it's Jamie and Jamie and Eric as well. You know they it's a multi generation um business that they have i mean they they bought their own farm, but they do come from dairy background as well so it is it it can be three or four even five generations being in in dairy business uh growing dairy cows and then it's not that easy to go and well, let me just start you know growing crop i 've never done it, but I guess I can wing it mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't tend to happen that way so so this really is a program to 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 be able to diversify your business model and 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 put some of the land that you have that's that is well in our case it has to be organic land already um to put in use to grow crop Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's the minimum size requirement how many acres are you willing like is it five acres 10 acres 50
1: acres well let me put it this way that that in order to for for if everything else kind of lines up that it's, it, it's within the location that we think that we're gonna, most of our farms will be, because it doesn't make any sense to truck something 400 miles mm-hmm. away. But if everything else lines up, I mean, 25 acres is the minimum site that you can actually, you know, it, it's, I think there's a yield enough if it goes well that, that the, the farmer's going to make a decent profit out of it, but 25 mm-hmm. acres and up.
0: Okay. All right, so that's the size, and um, you generally looking in more of the uh, upstate New York, Pennsylvania, Vermont range that area.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, so upstate New York, Vermont, um, Massachusetts. The funny thing is that our test farm right now literally is in the corner of all three.
0: Okay, um, I know exactly know, where that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, to to the extent that we have two separate fields that are separated by 25 yards of buffer zone that you have to have because, you know, you grow in organic. Yep. The other field is in Vermont. Okay. And it's 25 yards from the other <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, you know, our farm was in middle Granville, New York, which is okay. literally, you can stand on our hill, which my parents actually ended up just selling the property a couple weeks ago. Um, and you can look out at the Vermont mountains. So yes. it's, yeah, right on that border. I know exactly where that tri-state corner is that you're talking about.
1: And it is. And it, I have to, you know, I'm going to sidestep a little bit here. During the COVID, because I've been there so many times and I've spent like a couple of days, because I mean, if you go on, you know, healthsofoods.com, or you go on, go on to YouTube and Google healthsofoods, you, you see all these films that I've done at the farm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it's been, it's been such a relief to be there. For three uh-huh. days, just waiting for the sun on the corner of the uh, of the farm, and just start, try to make it really pretty, uh-huh. and see you know doing all the soil studies and all that. While the COVID is raging all over the place, and the the best part of that probably is, and at least one of the, one of the better parts of this is, it's in a, such a dip that cell phones don't work. Literally, there's no phone service. <laughs>
0: So you don't get those dings and updates from the uh, the world that are telling you about how everything else is uh, is is deteriorating.
1: Exactly. How everything is just going to hell. Yeah, I <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Um so let's do some fun wrap-up questions. If you could pick one, what would be your favorite farming or gardening tool?
1: Oh, easy easy. It's a uh, it's Jamie's and Eric's new tractor. Their their KC. Oh my god, it's just ridiculous piece of machine. I would love to learn to drive it. And I, I know how to drive everything, but everything yep. has joysticks. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so it's one of those big ones. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful, you know, they're like double, double wheels on each side. And, mm-hmm. and oh my God, it's ridiculous. It's like a GPS. You can, you know, practice just watch what's Netflix while you till. Yeah. You know, it does everything for you the same way. I mean, it's like, it's such a geek show. I love it at any day. would Yeah.
0: Very cool. So, you know, quick side story here. Um, Last fall, when they're doing a harvest around here, my daughter, she seemed to mention, you know, seeing the tractors. And so I took that as, well, we need to go ride in a combine when they're harvesting because that's what I wanted to do. So we, you know, get out there and, you know, I thought we'd be at there 15 minutes. no. Two and a half hours later, she was still, you know, wanting to stay there for longer because she just enjoyed riding around in that tractor. Well, there was a combine, but just just absolutely loved every minute of it.
1: Yeah, but those are super cool, though. Good oh, problem.
0: it's, yes, it's incredible. You get to see, you know, the yield, the moisture level, the level yeah. of sophistication right now is incredible, and it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's by the way, and that side, side story as well, you can cut this out, but but part of the whole thing here for, for, for Jamie and Eric and their farm, which is really, really cool what they do, they do and are now starting again a much bigger program, the local college and a high school, to making, to trying to make kids to come over there for a day or three or five days mm-hmm. to work at the farm to see what modern farming is.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because
1: it is way different. That what oh. I saw when I was a kid at my grandparents' farm. I get to tell you that is way different.
0: Yeah. Well, and then two modern organic farming. Yes. yes, that's highly diversified. And you know, your numbers, it's not like, well, I wonder if you made any money this year, I'm sure the, the level of farming you're talking about is just they are just doing this with some, such precision, and such th- forethought into every step they're taking, that it's it's making them a profitable farming. And that's something that we so do not see with the dairy farmers of the United States, because they've been told, you know, you just do it this way. And you follow exactly what the fertilizer salesman and the chemical salesman and the USDA agent tell you to do.
1: Yeah, which is which to me is just yeah, and I, I don't. Okay, so we we on tape, so I'm not gonna get into deeper than that. But I mean, I, I always find it. I always <laughs> always have found it weird when your year yearly planning is done by your fertilizer and pesticide sales guys mm-hmm. with you in a room. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not cool. All right, so Helena, do you have a favorite tool? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know we just we completely geeked out on, far, on, on track. on
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, Mika, you have the you have the also the '40s Volvo tractor. Yeah, but
1: that's T34. But that's like well, yeah, they they did that up to 1952.
0: Okay, the first
1: Volvo, the the red Volvo. That's by the way, if you look at my, our website and all that, that that cartoon is yeah. illustrating, you know, yeah. tractor. That that's the tractor that my grandpa had when I was a kid. And I, one of these days, I'll buy it and i'll just restore it and bring it over here to sit in the corner because it's a super cool old tractor i mean horrible horrible machine to drive yeah i mean all muscle but you know always because you could not break or 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 do anything without using a massive amount of muscle in it but, yeah i mean the thing would not break
0: yeah no power steering yeah the, the first well, two the first two tractors we bought were super c tractors and they're the old international yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. all forearm I mean, my forearms were massive at the end of the summer. Just
1: because Yeah, you're like, I know, I know. And, the you know, so the Volvo T34 is a, is a straight ripoff of International. It's a complete copy of it.
0: Okay. Yeah, there okay. you go. <laughs> Very cool.
1: So they, they just rounded out the nose. They didn't make that, you know, square nose that International has. So.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, do you believe that now is the best time to be starting a farm?
2: Oh, that's a hard, tough question. Uh, I mean, because... Uh, starting a farm is like starting a business, new business. You yeah, gotta, yeah. you gotta just have so much passion and so much resilience that, that uh, what whatever, because everything changes all the time. That's that's something that our farmers keep telling us that. Just when you think that now this is this is good and this is what what we'll be selling for the next five years, all of a sudden consumers change the mm-hmm. The market changes, the trends change, and you have to be growing something different. Yeah,
1: I think it's a, I think it's a great time to start a hobby farm. When you <laughs> you know your income is not based on that, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I I don't know. I mean, it's just like that's a, that's a really tough one to say. I think it's a great time to diversify. It, you
0: mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where can people find out more about you and your work?
2: Our website it's, is healthafoods.com. All
0: right, and spell that just so people that are listening.
2: H-A-L-S-A-F-O-O-D-S, Helsafoods.com.
0: Yeah, and there is so much cool stuff on there. You guys have done a fabulous job, again, with that website. So it's just a really good learning experience to learn all about the systems. And then, again, the beautiful films that you have shot there, too, as well. um, I spent some time this morning looking at those.
1: So Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I know you guys are both very busy um, and surprised we were able to get both of you on at the same time. But again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can attract some more farmers to help you grow more oats.
1: That'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. And thanks for everything you do.
0: All right. Thanks, Michael hey thriving farmers next week on the podcast we have a super special guest T- colin thompson who farms at willersford farm outside of uh, dc it will be joining us for a incredible interview of all things um csa he talks about scaling up the 20 acres of vegetables he talks about managing a crew um colin's just an incredibly smart mind he's been um around the industry so he's worked with some really amazing leaders in the space which has given him a really good grasp on what sustainable farming is and what thriving as a farmer is Um, so can't wait for you to join me next week as we interview Colin Thompson from Willisford Farm.